This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio with me, Tom Rogers. Tonight, we are looking at the fourth industrial revolution, the so-called birth of technology and the future of education, the impact of technology on education, and how it's going to transform classrooms of the future. Or will it? Will the backlash against technology stop it for dead? This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Good evening, people, and welcome to The Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio with me, Tom Rogers, in my now semi-regular Monday evening slot at 8pm. Now, obviously, uh, I've kind of had various different time slots for my show since the birth of Teachers Talk Radio. I've done uh, the 11am on a Thursday, the 9am on a Thursday, and I've also done the 10pm on a Monday, and I'm currently in the 8pm on a Monday, and I may, I may stay there for a while. Who knows where I'm going or what I'm doing after time. Um, today's show is an interesting one because I've got a guest, uh, which is Stuart Sutton, who is a, is a media teacher for uh, Witherslack Group. And Witherslack are one of our partners here at Teachers Talk Radio, uh, fantastic uh, specialists in uh, specialist education, uh, if I can say that. Um, and the, uh, Stuart's coming on specifically to talk about the future of education. So, in other words, what changes are happening and are going to happen? And he has a very, very unique story in terms of what he does now and how he delivers education now and how that's going to impact the way in which education is delivered further down the line. So I'm really, really excited to hear what Stuart is going to say, because even though I've got an outline of what he's going to say, I, I, I'm really looking forward to digging into the details behind the things that he does um, in our conversation. Now, before we, we move on with that and I uh, the guest calls in, um, I just want to go through the kind of weekly news, tiny little bit of a roundup of what's been going on in education. The top story on the TES at the moment uh, has the headline, Ofsted gives schools breathing space on curriculum. Um, in response to COVID disruption, the inspectorate has extended the transition period for schools to develop their curriculum plans, and they have extended it by a whopping six months. That was slightly sarcastic because actually I think to develop a curriculum, a really good curriculum, can take a lot longer than a pandemic plus six months. Um, certainly from Ofsted's perspective, they think that this is sufficient. Uh, they said they will review it again. Uh, for the 2022-2023 academic year. Um, so there will be another period of review. Uh, Jeff Barton has said, you know, he welcomes the change as the General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders. But he also says, you know, I don't know if six months is enough considering what schools have been through. Um, now, at the moment, curriculum holds a huge sway within judgments that Ofsted are giving uh, on schools. Of course it does. It's the pinnacle now. Uh, if you remember, probably if you went back five years ago, it was results. It was it was based primarily on data. Um, now, obviously, everybody thought, oh, this is a brilliant change. And 
we've seen it switch to curriculum. I wonder what people's thoughts are on that, whether they think that that is sufficient, whether they think that's positive. I mean, obviously, I'm a critic of Ofsted, so I would be biased in anything that I said about it. I personally don't think the uh, the grading of schools has been positive in any way, shape or form. I think that switching from grading them on data to grading them on curriculum, yeah, it's curriculum obviously is a is something that is important in schools and it's positive for them to develop. Do we need to grade them on it? Well, again, I, d- I don't I don't think it changes my argument, but obviously I think for others it does. I think for others they're saying, you know, we weren't comfortable when schools were just being graded on on data, but we are now that they're being graded on curriculum because curriculum in itself is a is um is something worth grading them on or or more fair to grade them on if that makes sense. And so I think I think things are changing and things have been changing um and this extension of the period will hopefully relieve a little bit of pressure on schools. I'm, I've no idea, to be honest, what head teachers would think about that. I would presume that some of them will be saying, well, we're that far behind that six months isn't really uh, sufficient at all. Um, it depends, I suppose, what step that school is up to in their, in inverted commas, journey um, when it comes to curriculum design and development. But anyway, that's the most read story on the TES at the moment. Uh, almost also making the news on TES uh, is... An article which titles The Problems with the Push to Make PE a Core Subject. The three core subjects of English, Maths and Science should be joined by PE, according to a Lord's report. Um, So a report has come out that's basically said that PE needs to be pushed forward alongside the core subjects. What do we think about that? That's an interesting debate. I might have to refer that to my Teachers Talk radio colleagues, because I think that would make a a really interesting show and an interesting conversation around the role of physical education within the curriculum, uh, where it's at, why it is currently not a core subject. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that, you know, um, when, we, when we talk about it being a core subject, we don't necessarily uh, kind of people, people think, nah, it can't be a core subject. You know, a lot of people, nah, 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 PE can't be a core subject. But why? Why have we got into a situation where, Maths, for example, is seen as more needed, if you like, than PE. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I'd be interested what people's thoughts are. Um, I I think, you know, again, it comes back to kind of people's health, you know, the debate around is is it knowledge we're teaching or is it for the jobs of the future, you know, knowledge versus jobs, that kind of thing. You know, it all ties into that debate, doesn't it, in some senses. But it's an interesting one to want PE. I'm going to ask my guest what what he thinks of that in a second. And talking to my guest, he has arrived and he joins us now. Um, Stuart, good evening. Are you with us? Oh, I can't hear you, Stuart. I think you have called in, but I'm not sure if I can hear you okay at the moment. So I'm going to disconnect you. If you can just try and call in again for me, that would be great. And then we can try and connect you up. Um, But yeah, I will be asking Stuart about this idea on the PE curriculum. And currently, they're saying that... Oh, I think that's that's Stuart. Now, Stuart, you there? Hi, Tom. Can you hear me okay now? I can hear you okay. I can hear you perfectly. How are you doing this evening? You okay? I'm very well, thank you very much. Yeah, I've just been uh, uh, listening there to your introduction and uh, that debate about the PE was quite 
quite interesting, even though it's not my subject. So, well, we'll come on yeah. to that in a second. I might ask you what yeah. you what you think. But uh, before we do that, I'll just introduce you. You're a media teacher. I mean, this is a very simple introduction. You can build on it. But you're a media teacher for With the Slack Group. With the Slack are one of the sponsors of this show. Um, and we'll talk about the kind of content of what we're going to talk about in a minute. But can you just introduce yourself to listeners a little bit more? Absolutely. So uh, my role in the With the Slack Group is indeed a media teacher. But unusually, my classroom is a converted double-decker bus. So um, we have quite a, a large scope. We travel around the northwest, um, visiting schools, um, with a select schools. And, uh, yeah, we provide basically a digital platform for young people. So the bus is a converted uh, red double-decker bus. And uh, it, upstairs is a sound booth recording area. And then downstairs is a presentation area and animation. And then we have a computer suite for um, digital, um, you know, editing and such like. So it's really, really interesting place to work. Well, hang on, Stuart. Let's go back a bit here to teaching in a double-decker bus. How, what's the idea behind this and where did this come from? Well, um, the idea came from a kind of Dragon's Den style um, conference um, that the board had. And were coming up with new innovative ways in which they could, you know, help help the young people at Witherslack Group. And uh, basically, my, my boss, the area manager, John Gilfillan, he suggested why not kind of convert a, a lorry or something into a mobile studio. And uh, somebody said, "Oh, yeah, okay." And then, you know, they thought, "Well, actually, this is quite a good idea." And so looked around for rather than a, a lorry conversion into double-decking buses. So, um, yeah, just an amazing uh, uh, concept, really, groundbreaking. And obviously, um, one of the reasons was because we kind of generally travel around five main schools, but I imagine we'll be going on tour as well, um, that actually providing some really high-end digital equipment with some um, teachers who have the expertise to actually use it was kind of obviously a cost efficient and also, you know, a really effective way of getting to meet young people and, 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 you know, do something really special, engage in a different way. Yeah. So what's the, what's the, what do you teach in the double decker bus? Your, your subject is media, obviously. What, what, what happens in the double decker bus? What's the typical day in there look like? Yeah. Well, there, there, there definitely isn't a typical day. Um, we try to, uh, quite interestingly, obviously, you know, qualifications are important, but in, in media, your portfolio and what you actually have created. I mean, I, I actually studied um, for geography in my, my degree um, and, and except for, you know, opening my eyes to the world, haven't ever found a job as a, as a geographer. And I just went into um, media just being in the right place at the right time. So what we try to give to the young people is an idea of kind of creating something. And uh, that could be anything from a, a, a rap or a, a video or a, a stop motion animation or um, kind of creating some kind of soundscapes with noises or photography, video. So we really kind of try to center it on what they're interested in and then just push those boundaries as well. Um, so if I can tick off qualifications in the background, fantastic. And we support the schools in other subjects. So geography, for example, the teacher might come to me and say, listen, we really want to work on a, on a, a short film or a documentary about how volcanoes work or, you know, um, 
Iceland or something, you know, anything you can, you can make a film about it. So um, it's a really interesting way of extending learning in a different, in a different context. Yeah, that is, I mean, we've already had some comments from um, Sobia says very cool. Uh, she's also like the show. Um, Tom is here. Good evening, Tom. Uh, we've got Terry here. Good evening, Terry. Uh, we've got lots of people here, actually, quite a few uh, listeners just dropping in at the moment. So, yeah, so what? it's interesting that you're, you're teaching in this, uh, just to recap for anyone just joining, um, Stuart is, is teaching in a double-decker bus. That's his place of work, if you like. That's where he, where he teaches. Uh, you mentioned there were five schools and more if you go on tour. Um, have you been on tour before? We haven't yet because um, this is quite a new concept. We, we've been on the road because of obviously, um, you know, I don't dare to mention it. Everybody knows what's happened in the last two years. Um, yeah. Things have got delayed with the actual um, creation of the, of, the, of the bus. And so um, it, we've been now up and running quite, quite a short time, really, since the start of the year. So yeah. we're just kind of ironing out all our little teething problems. Um, and just making sure things run really well. But honestly, the engagement and um, the interest from young people has been amazing. Um, and just being able to kind of walk into, a, a, you know, what looks like a professional studio, you know, when you're on board, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, place to be because you're just parked outside the school, but actually you're in a recording studio or you're in a like a... Um, uh, an editing suite you know and, and we've got yeah. some really high-end equipment so it, it really gives a kind of ownership to young people and you know there's no such thing as a silly idea in in making a film or a, or a documentary you know it's, it's just about developing things and you know even things like the use of grammar and why is it important because when you suddenly record your voice you need to take those breaths so things like that can be kind of education in a different in a different way. Feedback's been amazing. Yeah, I mean, how does it? My next question, I suppose, was about curriculum. So how with within Witherslack, which is obviously your 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 double decker bus is part of the Witherslack group. It's serving Witherslack schools. Um, it's serving the students within the Witherslack schools. So I was wondering if maybe you could tell us a little bit about the Witherslack students. Uh, what is the Witherslack student profile? How many students? go into the bus at any one time. Uh, and you mentioned there's been a really great response to it. How does it fit into the curriculum? I mean, how do, do they get one lesson a week or two weeks or three weeks? Or how does that work? Yeah. Um, so um, the Witherslack group um, specialise in um, school care homes, um, therapy and helping young people who perhaps aren't in uh, mainstream school or aren't in mainstream schools for a variety of um, complex uh, needs. Um, the, the, the bus um, or the studio kind of travels around on a, on a generally at the moment weekly basis. So we visit the school once a week uh, for one day a week. And um, we work with young people who want to be on board. Um, some of our young people perhaps, um, you know, um, if they're not in the might right frame of mind to kind of be creative on board a bus then you know we say look the door's not show closed but maybe back, come back a different day because um obviously it's quite a small environment um it's kind of you know it's a double decker bus so you could imagine the size there we can take about eight 
people on board that's including other members of staff who've come on with them um, perhaps class teachers or TAs mm. uh, and then about five young people in a variety of different uh, things and um, so it we we've really sold it as a kind of privilege to be on board and something that you know there's only one rule just respect and everything else comes down from that and um, it's been a really supportive interesting place to work how it supports the um the curriculum is that um basically anything can be made into a film or a podcast or a radio show or an animation and what we try to do is just make sure that um the young people are kind of getting skills that they're going to need for entering into, you know, um, the workplace in, in the future. And certainly media and digital skills, um, I think, are absolutely um, important. I'm, I'm really surprised when I think about how much information we get from, um, from you know, the digital world, um, for the good, the bad and the ugly. But preparing our young people um, for that kind of world, I think, is imperative. Can you tell me what are the skills that the students who come into the double-decker bus to have these media lessons, what are the skills that they would like to, to acquire the most? What are the things they enjoy doing the most? What are the things they're most interested in within this kind of media domain? Maybe you can give us an idea of the, the different things they do in there in a bit more detail. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think like like most most young people or a, a lot of them, game and game design is something that we uh, we look at um, and something that I've been kind of finding my feet in. One one of the beauties about the being on the media bus is actually I I, I straight up say, listen, I've got loads of expertise uh, in media. I you know I've, I've been working with it for twenty years. My my partner on the on the in the studio, Martin. He's a, he's a musician and a teacher for almost 20 years, um, IT, and he's got loads of skills. But I say to the young people, say, look, we do not know everything, and it's impossible in media to be able to know anything. So when you enter onto the, onto the studio, we like to kind of create a, a, an equal environment where we can just be safe and share ideas. And, you know, if, if somebody says, oh, do you know how to do that? Um, I, I, I might say no I don't please show me show us because that sounds really interesting and that would be a bit different from you know obviously if you asked your math teacher how to you know I don't know do long multiplication and they didn't know you, you know you'd be pretty worried but with media because it's so massive there's so much new technology that's coming out as we speak it's impossible to to know everything so it's a really nice place where I say hey that's really cool you know look, great uh, what's the name of the software let me have a look and so it's been a really uh, a, a nice you know I kind of encourage you know the young people to call me Stuart and, and so that we kind of had this relationship where it listen you're entering into a professional production house mm. let's make something that's really something we're proud of and if you're not proud of it there's the delete button you know let's just delete it and make something else and, and make it improve on it how should we improve on it so it's quite it's quite a good, um, a good experiment, really. And what's the age range that go into the bus? So um, with the Wither Slack group, um, you know, we have um, seven, eight-year-olds coming on primary, um, key stage one. 
going all the way up to post 16 in college as well. So, um, you know, we have quite a variety and within those groups, you have obviously different, different needs and different wants and different, you know, uh, levels of understanding. So, you know, it's a really kind of good place to be able to talk about even things like the internet and how to source good quality information and the dangers of it and making videos to help peer on peer learning, you know? So if you've got like somebody obviously voicing over an internet safety um, animation, that's going to probably hit home more than, you know, us trying to tell young people what they should do to stay safe, for example. Yeah. And how often do they, I mean, how often does the typical student get to go into the media bus? I mean, what, how does that work? How does it fit into the curriculum? Well, it, it, it's kind of, it's a juggling act because, you know, some projects, um, young people come to us and say, listen, we want to make a, a short feature film. And, yeah. you know, we've written a script and we've, we've identified places for external um, location filming. And uh, we really think that we need, uh, I don't know, zombie makeup, for example. So certain yeah. things take quite a long time. And they need also the support of the whole school, you know. Um, we did like, I don't know, a Christmas song where we had every class singing lines and then putting it together with musicians from the school. And obviously, so there's a lot of collaboration. Um, the Witherslack group does have perhaps more of a flexible um, possibilities. So things can be like, this is learning, this is, this is team building. Therefore, some of the skills that we are helping our young people find are quite skills like, I don't know, preparing to live away from home when they go to college or how to, you know, kind of do washing. Certain things that perhaps uh, in other schools they haven't got the time to be able to, um, to, to look at. We had an interesting question there from Sobia um, who's texting and she's asked, what are portfolios assessed against? Well, yeah, I mean, that's the, the portfolios, I think, are assessed uh, against uh, the person who's interviewing for the job. Um, you know, certainly I worked before my teaching started and I came into teaching quite late, um, only in the last, like, three years, I suppose. Um, you know, my portfolio was my website, um, you know, short films, um, clips of things that I'd done. Um, and so that when you met somebody who said, look, we're, we're looking to produce this travel documentary, mm. um, please show us some of your camera work, show us your editing skills, show us things that you've done. So obviously part of our remit on the, um, on the, on the studio is if somebody who was a budding photographer came and said, listen, how can I you know, get into becoming, you know, a, a wedding photographer. I'd say, right, okay, you need to design a website. We need to get some good shots. You know, you need to do this. So um, a portfolio is just, just, it isn't graded by any exam board. It's graded by, did you get the job? And, um, you know, yeah. never, never, in my, never in my career of making films was I asked, you know, can I see your, GCSEs or your A-levels or your qualification, it was always, let me see what you've done. So, you know, there's yeah. going to be a massive change in, in, in how, certainly in media, um, but I think in jobs in the future are going to be graded and that will be on 
let's let's see you know yeah let's see what you've done mm. yeah and i i actually watched the video it was quite a while a long time ago now it was years ago uh by salman khan the creator of khan academy and he was talking about how you know he was talking about exactly what you've just talked about he was saying that in the future you, you know you'll go to a job interview and people say right what have you done and you'll kind of produce a digital portfolio or maybe some of it might be physical if you're an artist but um you know it'll be like right what what compositions have you produced as a musician what things have you actually done rather than right you know here's a piece of paper here's my qualifications on it you know it'll be much mm-hmm. more uh portfolio based in the future in terms of getting jobs uh it'll be a case of you know what 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 is your uh what is your do list if that makes sense do you agree with that is that where you see things going yeah for obviously for certain um for certain um industries um what you've created is is the being and the end all isn't it it's everything really so i i I agree with that statement um Mm. i mean I, i i studied geography and then when i came to do my pgce um, I was really surprised that there wasn't any media specialty. I'd been working in media abroad for 20 years and I came back and had to reinvent myself. And along that way, I'd, I'd done some teaching and I enjoyed it. So I went and did, tried to do a PGCE. And actually near where I lived, there was no media um, courses. Um, and uh, so I ended up doing a PGCE in geography, knowing full well that um, you know I would, wouldn't be... Um, teaching geography not that there's anything wrong with teaching geography I loved it it was important I had some fantastic geography teachers you know I'm really glad that they were there but it wasn't what I wanted to do and it wasn't my expertise really Um, so um, it was quite interesting that it wasn't classed as a core subject because actually how we present ourselves uh, digitally is as important you know it's as important as english in a way in the fact that you know you are communicating you can communicate we we often work with young people who find communication skills quite difficult to master and actually yet when they are engaged in um you know social media instagrams uh, tiktoks they are fluent and actually it's becoming a different language that young people will need to have an understanding of to be able to thrive. Like we, our generation, need some computer skills to be able to send emails or some kind of numeracy skills to log into our, our phone, uh, uh, our banking apps. So, Do you think that, I mean, just, just oh, but before we move on, we've had like four or five uh, people come in. Uh, good evening to CG Vowles, Modern Cassie, Gerard, Mughal, and a name that I can't recognise, KZGY something or other. Um, good evening to all of you. Um, uh, we, currently, we're talking to Stuart. Stuart teaches in a double-decker bus, um, and uh, he teaches media in a double-decker bus for Witherslack Group. Uh, who are one of the sponsors of this show. And he his job really is to support the young people in the media domain um, who, who will come to his, in inverted commas, classroom uh, to learn media skills. And we've been talking so far about his role within the Double Decker Bus, but also what the students do, how they're assessed, the kind of skills. And interestingly enough, Holly has posted a question, uh, Stuart. I don't know if you've seen it, but she's texting a question. She said... Have you seen or heard of positive impacts on literacy in the students? I'm interested in ways to incorporate media into English 
especially for EAL or low literacy students. Uh, it's done really well in MFL. Uh, maybe our, us English teachers are missing a trick. I, I wondered whether, I mean, you mentioned TikTok. You mentioned, you know, some of the some of the new media, if you like, from the last 10 years. I mean, do you think that media, though, has had a, there would be those who would argue that that new media has had a detrimental effect on the actual literacy skills of uh, of young people. They, they, there are those who would argue that actually the domination of these kind of new tech giants and new ways of delivering content mean that students are lacking uh, basic literacy. You know, some students uh, or more students, shall, they would say, are lacking basic literacy skills. Would you agree with that or do you think it's more about uh, adapting that opportunity? Um, there is definitely a, a, a part of my um, psyche that agrees with that statement because, um, you know, I still, when I write text, I, I still like to write the full words with uh, with commas and full stops and uh, and things like that. And I noticed that, you know, um, lots of um, uh, lots of badly composed text get sent back because people are just pressing the preemptive text buttons and, you know, things like that. I think Stephen Hawkins made a really interesting point when he had a new um, artificial intelligence uh, speech machine installed and he didn't really get on with it because it was starting to learn his patterns and would write a sentence for him and he would end up going, oh, yeah, that'll be fine. But then mm. when he started to really think about it, he was like, well, wait a minute, that's not fine because that's not exactly what I was trying to say. Um there is definitely a part that if you're starting to get your uh, leisure time enjoyment from watching TikTok or YouTube and you're not reading a book, therefore you're not practicing those skills uh, and increasing your vocabulary in that way. Um, it's a really difficult point because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to do with um, technology and um, social side of how we perhaps will be traveling and making friends in digital worlds that mm. does scare me but also if we put our heads in the sand and don't use that for the benefit of of what we can and and, and i'm not even sure you know we always know what the benefits could be because there's going to be jobs created for the next generation that we can't possibly have thought of now and so is literacy important or is when computers start to dictate letters and artificial intelligence comes to think, is it more about how we use that? Um, and is it old fashioned to say, oh, well, you know, that's not exactly, uh, you know, the way forward because language and literacy uh, is a continually evolutionary kind of process. I, I guess what I'm getting at here is there are those who would who would argue for a more traditional curriculum model, and there are those there would be those who would argue for a, a much more expansive one. Now, obviously, you work in a in a particular context with with a Slack group. Everyone works in their own context, but there are there is that that debate between the way in which curriculum models should go, and there has been that that almost that. Do you still think that that snobbery towards subjects like media exists because? Back in the day, you know, media was seen that there has been that element of snobbery. I, st I still think that element of snob subject snobbery exists, but I wondered mm. whether within, uh, I wondered whether you think it's got better or it's still there or whether you think that there's been any 
changes recently or not in that? I mean, you've obviously entered the profession in the last three years. So how have mm. you found it? Well, I, I mean, like I said, when I tried to do a, um, a kind of media um, speciality PGCE and, and there was no opportunity for that. Um, and I see in, in that time how um, the traditional subjects were pushed and there, I do believe there it would be some snobbery, but I don't believe that snobbery would be from a school level. I believe that on a school level, um, younger, younger, younger members of staff, younger heads are going to look and, and see the opportunities that 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 media presents. And uh, and therefore, I think it will become much more of an important uh, subject. And, I, you know, how how we how we can control how we appear in the digital world is really important you know um and you know you can see that with how everybody is image conscious on on selfies and things like that now i'm not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying that is a reality of how we are uh, progressing as society um everything's becoming online everything's being made paperless everything's you know digital um from even going for through to kind of blockchain and, and cryptocurrencies and things like that that are going to control our, our world. Uh, the metaverse, uh, the digital universe is, 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 an, is going to be an important part. And if we do not kind of open our eyes and embrace that and we kind of ignore it as an elephant in the room because it, it, it's not what we studied when we went to school and therefore there's a snobbery about it, we are doing, the young people in our care, a real injustice. We are not preparing them for the real world. And I think that is the real shame. And I think that's really why Witherslack has gone out and done something so, I mean, it's cost a lot of money. It's cost a lot of time. There's been a lot of stress involved, obviously, you know, in, in being in, in those times in the last two years. It has been a really, really bumpy road. But wow what a road it is and, and, and where we are and what we're doing now, honestly, it, it's brilliant because we are engaging with young people who are disengaged sometimes, you know, and they are not listening to what, you know, the, the powers that be are saying because that's not their experience. But what they are listening to is the digital world and we need to shape that in, in, a, in, a, in a way that's positive for them and, and society. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just starting uh, one, one, you know, a few few people at a time from a bus. But, you know, those little <laughs> will, will go, yeah. Well, Stuart, it sounds fantastic. We, we still haven't finished our conversation, actually, because after the news, I want to ask you about this idea of the fourth industrial revolution. I, I want to ask you what that mm. is. You, you believe it's, it's happening, it's coming. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the things that involves, uh, the future of schooling, if you like. And also, yeah. I'd like to ask you a little bit about what it's like to actually work for with the Slack group um, in terms of the the actual uh, way in which the, the 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 school is the schools, I should say, are, are structured mm. and how you find working for for with the Slack as a school group. So we'll come on yeah, to that after sure. the news. Uh, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We've had lots and lots of uh, more people tuning in. We've got Charmois. I think, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I'm just making it up. She says, well said, uh, there should be um, much more fluidity 
and interaction between subjects. Uh, you know, what you said earlier about the students from geography coming out and being able to almost book the bus uh, to, to work on their project is quite cool. Well, very cool. Mm. I mean... Uh, you must. Yeah, I, I mean, a lot of schools obviously don't have the, the the facility or the budget and so on and so forth to be able to to kind of facilitate that kind of thing. But but obviously, it's the ethos, I suppose, that counts, isn't it? It's like okay, you know, it's a lesson. Let's go out and you know use this yeah. local facility to to make it more accessible or interesting. I think that's what you're getting at, isn't it? Absolutely. And I mean, okay, you know, we've had a big budget to provide top end equipment and, you know, this convert this bus, but actually, um, for a very small amount of time, you you can make a perfectly um, good documentary on your phone. You know, yeah. everything can be filmed. The, the cameras are great now. Um, you, you know, you, the, the microphones are pretty decent. You can get add-ons. You can make a great, uh, actually, um, uh, a film that was made searching for sugar man they ran out of money and filmed it on their iphones at the end and uh, and it won an oscar so the quality yeah. of what you're using now because technology becoming so good is not really important it's your story it's always your story and that story could be something from from a, a history subject it could be something from a um science doing some science experiments and then kind of doing a a slow-mo kind of um, tutorial on, on what was happening. It, anything, and it just makes it less dry, isn't it? The best mm. teachers in the world can hold the attention and through organisation and personality can make that class brilliant. But yeah. there is also the other side of that coin where it's not interesting and it's dry, dry and it's dull and how mm. much of that goes in. Now tell me, how much would go in if a class participate in making a film about a particular subject and then they get yeah. to rewatch it and have some pride in that. And, and also the fact that we're blurring the lines between different subjects and they're working mm. as a team and they're communicating and they're writing a script and then they might be having to think about other things and then learning some yeah. skills about lighting. And, you know, so it, 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 it's fluid. It's a rounded education when making a film. You have to use so many skills. And there's loads of times when I'm, I'm helping young people with their, their English and, and the spelling and, and when we're writing scripts and things like that. So it's quite interesting. Um, I'll be honest with you, uh, Stuart. The thing I was thinking about was, uh, was all the old Ofsted inspections and how you could pile in students into the bus who you didn't want the Ofsted inspectors to see. <laughs> And then you could, they could come out and direct you to drive the bus away as far as possible from the school yeah. for two days. Um, you, you know, trying to think of the old, the old terrible things that schools used to do. The old double decker bus would be super handy for that. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I must add, we don't, we don't actually drive around. Uh, obviously, that all the seats have been taken out. So, no, I mean, if I was uh, the head, yeah. I'd put the petrol in there for you and say, <laughs> okay. "Listen, Stuart, you know, get in the front there and just have a little drive around for three and a half days." Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the news. We're going to come back and then we'll, uh, we'll talk more about this, uh, this fourth industrial revolution. So stay with us, Stuart. We'll be back imminently. Okay. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. 
They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Uplearn. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Uplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot U-K. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common, a passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are with a Slack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, is to introduce new guidance for teachers to ensure a balanced discussion of politics in lessons. Mr Sahawi stated in The Sun on Sunday that teachers must handle political discussions in the classroom sensitively. He said, While there is a clear need for schools to address political issues in the classroom from time to time, this must not be done in a partisan way. No school should be encouraging young people to pin their colours to a particular political mast. As the Secretary of State for Education, I want to make sure that each and every child is given the opportunity to come to their own opinions without being swayed by what others think. Mr Sahawi said schools must assess all materials relating to political issues to ensure they are appropriate and will be provided with a framework for discussion and de-escalation in cases of disputes. The guidance is to be published next week.
Redbridge Council's Schools Tree Planting Initiative has involved school children across Redbridge in the planting of more than 80 new trees in the borough. The Council initiative is part of efforts to increase tree coverage in the borough and give children hands-on experience in planting and caring for trees, while learning about the importance of trees and greenery in helping to tackle climate change. Head of Coppice Primary School, Michael Fernandez, said it has been an amazing experience for our entire school as children from nursery all the way through to year six have had the chance to be part of planting our new orchard. We feel very fortunate that our existing nature garden has now been expanded to include apple, pear and plum trees. During the planting sessions, pupils learnt about the important environmental and health benefits trees bring, including helping clean up the air we breathe, provide shade and create natural habitats for wildlife. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, for some it's half term, for others there's another week to wait. Today I'm going to talk about a YouTube hack. We all know there are some great explanation videos out there, but sometimes we just want to use a short clip, not the whole thing. Did you know you can save a link to start at a time that you specify? If you didn't, here's the simplest way to do it. Go to the YouTube video you want and pause where you want to start. Hover the pointer over the red line that shows where you're up to in the video and a red circle will appear. Right click on the red circle and a menu pops up. On the menu, select copy video URL at current time. Now you have a link that will take you to that time in the video. Okay, now we can start a video at any time we want. There is a way to use this to our advantage. I don't know about you, but the ads at the start of some clips can be rather annoying. If you start your video one second in, using the method just described, more often than not, you'll avoid having to sit through the adverts. Please remember to keep yourself safe. Anyone can upload anything to sites like YouTube. Please make sure you have watched the whole clip yourself before playing it in the classroom. For a visual version of this episode, check out the TT Radio 2022 Twitter feed. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio with me, Tom Rogers, on The Late Show. It's been a pleasure so far. I've been talking to Stuart Sutton. He's going to be rejoining us just imminently. Um, it's been fascinating because we kind of kicked off the conversation. Some people will have obviously been dropping in and out as the show's gone on. But we started off, I started off by sharing an article that was actually in the TES about the the push to make PE a core subject. Uh, I wondered what people thought about that, uh, to put PE alongside English, maths and science. Uh, do feel free to call in, by the way. We have a very interactive show. If you want to text in, call in. Uh, tell me your thoughts on this. Should PE be put up there alongside English, Math and Science? Should any of those subjects be taken out from being a core subject and replaced with another one? Like, for example, Stuart's Media. You know, um, it's interesting to me because we have a real traditional perspective across education uh, systems. It's not just in in Britain that you'll find, you know, English, maths, and science as, as if you like the core. But it is it does interest me the hierarchy of subjects. When that got decided, 
why it got decided. Is it from, you know, the Industrial Revolution, the original one? Is that where our perception of different subjects comes from? Is 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 the are people going to look back in a hundred years or two hundred years at our hierarchy of subjects and and is there anything that might question it? Obviously, everybody needs to be able to read and write. Everyone needs to to be able to do that. But are there other areas where, you know, maybe people will look back and think, why did they do that? You know, maybe they'll look back and think, why wasn't PE part of their core curriculum? Why wasn't media part of their core curriculum? You know, why wasn't art part of their core curriculum? You know, I did um, a podcast, this was years ago now, where I was actually a guest on a podcast and I was talking about the the kind of dominance of, of if you like, academic subjects uh, over vocational subjects and how that still in some ways goes on. You know, I mean, yeah, we talk about broadening curriculums and so on, but I'm not entirely sure that we've kind of got that that balance yet. Although I do think we are moving in a in a more positive direction. I think the emphasis on curriculum of late has drawn attention, if you like, to some na- more narrow curriculums. I think it's made people question their own curriculums in ways, not just in the sense of, right, what's our provision within these certain subjects, but actually how are we building in and improving our curriculum, broadening and widening our scope? You know, what are we doing to actually do that? Um, so I think it's an interesting one. And and Stuart has already shared with us his experience of working on top of a double-decker bus, uh, or certainly, I said on top of, I don't mean standing on the roof of, but certainly he's been working, teaching inside a double-decker bus across Witherslack schools. Uh, you heard probably in our little break there about Witherslack and very soon you're going to be able to see jobs at Witherslack on our website where you'll be able to go there and have a little browse of things that are available at Witherslack group if you fancy working with Stuart in his in his double decker bus uh maybe that will be an option for you in the future at some point um but so yeah but so uh, Tom says ooh um, Stuart, by the way, if you're still there, do call back in. Um, I, I just decided for some odd reason to completely uh, eradicate you during the news from from conversations. I think he's calling back in. Now, hi, Stuart. Sorry about that. Um, That's okay, Tom. That's yeah, it's nothing personal. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, HB History is texting saying another meaning to parking the bus. Uh, thank you for that, Tom. Uh, we, we, I think... Yeah, I do. I do think it's one of those. And I wonder what your view on that whole PE thing was, Stuart, because we didn't really get onto that. So have you got a view on the whole putting PE as a core subject thing? Um, you know, you know what, until until you said in the intro about how, you know, um, should we be kind of, you know, helping young people or are we kind of helping them to get jobs? I thought that was a really interesting point. And I'm really surprised that PE isn't a core subject because actually you know a lot of the things that we we need in life is 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 good health if good health goes it doesn't matter how good you are at maths or you know english it suddenly you know things get put home so i would like to see that um that it becomes a, a core subject uh, i i would like to see anything that you know enriches the soul you know um I think it's Bhutan who has a, a national currency in happiness, um, and I, th- you know, I think that's a really good thing. And um, certainly, helping young people to um, 
get away from screens, which is sadly the reality, um, you know, for a lot of young people. Um, I think lockdown probably kind of gave us an idea of what we're missing from being active and, and outdoors and, and kind of just involved in moving the body and then moving the soul. I think that, I think that, yeah, definitely the more time should be spent. Uh, and like we touched on before, how can we get things fluid? How can we kind of cross, make cross-curricular um, links through physical activity? You know, why, why should it, why shouldn't it be, embraced as a way of thinking well actually if we're moving and we're getting our body moving can we not move the mind at the same time um, i'll be interested to hear if anybody wants to kind of tell tell us their opinion on this then by all means call in or text in if anyone disagrees actually with the idea of pe being a core subject um you know then then do text in or call in and tell us why um but yeah i i can't help on a personal level to have Support, general support for that actually i think that wouldn't be a bad thing and and i very much believe in in always reassessing the subjects that hold prominence or or you know hold prominence within a curriculum um sobia said i'm intrigued pe um is important but why as a core uh, subject um i don't know you'd have to ask the authors of this report in the house of lords uh let's have a look uh, it says it was the view of PE before the pandemic. It's no surprise that when lockdown hit and teachers grappled with the reality of teaching PE remotely, the subject slipped by the wayside. Uh, the uh, teaching of some parts of the curriculum was also understandably hindered by lockdown restrictions because students were unable to access equipment. Uh, for instance, in PE, music, science and design technology, that, said, that was said in an Ofsted review. Uh, and then this report is, is saying... Uh, the solution to all this from the Lords, make PE a core curriculum subject and consequently, via the threat of accountability, force schools into improving their physical education provision. Uh, specifically, they say, the Department for Education must establish expected standards for the delivery of PE and school sport. The quality and delivery of PE and school sport must be assessed during Ofsted inspections in schools. Wow. You know, I didn't see that bit. I'm not sure whether I like, but then again, I've, I'm always a critic personally of Ofsted. I don't know if I like the idea of making schools accountable for anything other than what they, they're already so accountable. I'm not sure whether we can squeeze any more accountability in. Um, anyway, I want to move on now, Stuart, to our next question uh, about um, this idea of the fourth industrial revolution. Now, you mentioned that to me on the phone earlier when we spoke. What to you does this phrase mean, the fourth industrial revolution? Hmm. Um, well, I think, um, I think if we think back to the first revolution, um, how uh, machinery allowed, um, you know, uh, uh, a freeing up of time and human efficiency and, you know, agriculture and transport and all kinds of um, factory produced goods. Um, I think that we're on the cusp of a simi similar digital revolution. Um, I think maybe for some of us who've looked into 5G and the implications of what 5G technology is going to bring um, to the world, um, I wonder how many of us actually really understand it and the mm. fact that it's not just a, a, a little bit of an upgrade like 3G was and then 4G on top of that. And, yeah, maybe your, 
your kind of uh, internet's a bit faster and you can download yeah. an, a, a film a bit quicker. 5G is going to fundamentally change how people use transport, for example, you know, um, autonomous cars and, uh, and autonomous trucks uh, maybe being driven. Autonomous trucks, for example, um, just thinking about something to do with supply chains and it being applicable now. Um, if you had 5G technology, the lack of shortage of HGV um, license holders in the UK who complain that the, the downside to the job is that they're away from home, unsociable hours, um, the food's no good because they're eating in services, um, no shower, toilet facilities, that kind of thing, sleeping in a lay-by at the side of the road. 5G technology would, in theory, give you the opportunity to actually be driving one of those trucks from the comfort of your living room um, so on a small scale, something like that, imagine replacing, you know, all truck drivers with kind of semi-autonomous um, vehicles, which just needed a human operator, like a drone military pilot mm. now flying mm. over Iraq, but he's sitting in California. Um, so, yeah, so you could be having, you could be having like five or six pints of lager in front of, <laughs> you know, the Graham Norton show and driving your lorry. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Well, well, yeah, let's hope that there would be some kind of safe measures in the fact that maybe you'd have to take a breathalyzer test before, you know, you were able to kind of get onto the machine that allowed you to do that. Like Which a driving actually, version of a PCR, that kind of thing. Yeah, like actually a, a, a breath test is probably a good idea before you get onto Facebook or Twitter or anything anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm not saying that there aren't kind of – there's probably – people in your audience who are going oh my god could you imagine that you know a truck ghost driving down the m6 and being driven by you know <laughs> somebody in france doesn't sound great well nor did airplanes to our grandparents yeah, yeah? yeah so yeah, yeah. you know it's kind of that kind of revolutionary thing it's already happening the surgeons are doing operations from one country con country controlling a robotic arm you know performing yeah. heart surgeon in another um, so that's what 5G is going to give you the opportunity to do. Um, and then why, would 5, into... why would 5G give that opportunity, though? Why, why does because... that specifically give that opportunity? Yeah, because it allows for almost instantaneous connectivity, um, whereas, you know, 4G, um, there'll still be a lag, for example, on our voices now, you know, that if we were yeah. in the live audience yeah. you'd be hearing me a split second before i'm actually talking um whereas 5g opens up um different possibilities now i'm not going to get into you know the theories of you know um 5g towers and the problems that they possibly cause or not that's not my really my remit mm. my remit is to like actually think well it's here it's coming um what what can i do or what can i um, facilitate to to help young people you know moving into that that world you know and um, we touched on it before you know I mean there's there's virtual designers selling virtual sneakers in virtual worlds right now and then getting paid in virtual cryptocurrencies <laughs> but importantly being able to transfer those into something that you can then use in a shop you know although loads of shops are starting to take Bitcoin and cryptocurrency so it all kind of links in to this, yeah, you know, world order, if you want. 
which is kind of coming unless something catastrophic happens and it's not yeah so, i mean what um, do you think what do, i mean talking of this 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 fourth industrial you know anyone listening we're kind of talking about this this fourth industrial revolution um what jobs I mean, presumably we're talking about this this more you know more jobs are going to become automated i mean do you think that therefore that there's going to be more jobs in media for example but less jobs in in factories and so on i mean they've more or less said that haven't they but i mean is that what you think as well yeah i think that's inevitable isn't it i mean even now you know that yeah. we're, we're starting to deal in avatars and um, mm. virtual assistants and chatbots and things like that you know which answer most of our questions although they're infuriating and you know annoying sometimes that is that is the future if we if we want to kind of keep competing in a global world then something's got to give hasn't it it's either got to be wages or it's got to be kind of numbers of people employed um and therefore we need to think about either providing a social net that because there aren't the jobs available uh, because not everybody can work in some kind of media or we start you know preparing young people for the possibilities that yeah great there's still going to be car mechanics but you need to know something digital to be able to operate mm. the electronic machine that registers what's wrong with the car there's still going to be jobs in manufacturing but they might be 3d printers and you might have to work in a in a virtual world but Stuart, just where... just to throw in there on this you mm. know i thought i know we talk about this jobs for future I mean, I don't know if you remember, but kind of four or five years ago, there was a huge explosion of let's teach coding, right? Mm. And everything was about let's teach coding because coding mm. is going to be needed in these jobs of the future. But now yeah. it seems to me that it's almost like coding's old hat. People now, yeah. it's like you, can, you don't need to code because That's the computer right. will code for you, right? You think yeah. about Wix, you think about yeah, yeah. all these different websites that, that, that are yeah. so easy for people to create. So is there not yeah. a danger that we're talking now about these, these new things like VR, AI, all these different things? And actually, mm. it's almost like they're going to be automated as well. So therefore, mm. the traditionalist might say, well, let's teach them Shakespeare, let's teach them Chaucer, mm. let's carry on drilling them with, with these basic skills. Because mm. we can't control the technology is going to move so fast mm. that actually, like it has with that coding example, where mm. that's suddenly yeah. become an old hat after two or three years. Mm. You know, is is there any point in trying to keep up with developments? If that makes sense, mm. no, it, it makes perfect sense because you're absolutely right. You know, a lot of the animation things that I I deal with now are kind of almost like drag and drop or they're or they're rigged on motion capture suits or they're real time on facial features, uh, you know. Um, so you're absolutely right. Um, there is still a place for coding, by the way, but obviously the, the percentage of the numbers of coders who write the, the algorithms that then tell the computers to write their own algorithms is getting less and less. So, you know, but what you what what you said just then was like, should we kind of drill Shakespeare or Chaucer into them. And the <laughs> I was giving you an subject. extreme example. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, no, no. But it's, mm. it's, and it's an interesting one because I know you didn't mean to like say drill yeah. them into yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. But with, with the Witherslack group, because we're, we're um, specializing in special educational needs, um, the idea of trying to get motivation 
um, and young people to be motivated in in subjects and learning um, is 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 what we do. You know, it's it's exactly the it's what the studio is about. And it and I'm never ever going to say to a young person, you've got to come on board and learn about the, uh, something to do with media because there's going to be aspects in your job in the future that involve media. That is never going to happen because. I'm saying, listen, if you want to try and explore these need, these, these digital uh, worlds, then come on board. If not, go and do car mechanics, go and do um, construction, go and do something, music that interests you, you know? And if it's, if it's playing a classical piano, for example, I'm not going to try and say, come on board and let's do some DJing, unless they're like, I want to learn how to do that. Um, so I think you've just got to be flexible because the world's changing yeah. fast. Uh, and and I, I think there's, there's a massive place for, for Shakespeare. We, we, we've talked about Shakespeare on, uh, on the media bus because yeah. I'm saying, listen, if you want to go back to what creates a good story, what makes people watch, what yeah. makes people listen, then yeah. actually Shakespeare, brilliant yeah. example. Well, of, he of smashed out of the ballpark, didn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, okay, time. let's, let's, yeah. Let's change the, the language. Let's yeah, make yeah. it a bit more gritty, a little bit more relevant for today. But, hey, let's have a look at Shakespeare because, you know, nobody, nobody gets it right like he. You know, so. uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's all, all about balance, isn't it? I think, I think it's good to throw out these almost like these dichotomies to, to, to see. It's almost like to, to be able to reflect yourself um, when, when you ask questions like that of yourself. It, it helps you to yeah, reflect. Definitely. I'll read out some of the comments. Um, uh, Shaz has said it kind of links with and is also diametric to post-human philosophy. You'll have to translate that one for me, Stuart. Um, Shaz <laughs> has also said it's moving so fast that we need to encourage more creativity. Uh, Holly Wilson has liked the show. Men in KKX has liked the show. Sorry, I don't know who that is. CJ Vowles has said, how do we ensure that the fourth industrial revolution doesn't just turn citizens into the oil that greases the cogs? CG Vowles, have we got a... Have we got a, I don't know, what have we got here? Have I got a Soviet flag here I can put in the comments back to you there, Chris? Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, how do we ensure that the fourth industrial revolution doesn't just turn citizens into the oil that greases the cogs? What do we mm. think? You know, that's a really good point. But what I would say is that by uh, actually enhancing media, we can change the world. Um, if you think to um, climate change and Greta, um, who sat in front of her parliament and refused to go to school on Fridays, um, she might be still sitting there or she might have given up. Um, but somebody filmed her. Somebody put her out on YouTube. Um, so if we don't want to become the oil in the cogs, then we need to learn how to uh, use media for, for positivity and say, we don't want to be an oil in a cog. Um, so uh, that's what I would say to that, that comment. Um, but it is, it's really valid, isn't it? Because ultimately mm. you've got people like Facebook who are, you know, I think they're taking on 50,000 staff. Don't quote me on that. I think it's 50,000 staff to involve themselves in the metaverse. And they've just rebranded their company as, as Meta. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know, if, you know, there is absolutely a, uh, you know, that's, that's the, the kind of old historical idea that, you know, 
we're we're working for the boss, working for the man. Well, I mean, when know, when you are with the students in the media, in your double decker media with mm. a slack media bus, and you must ask them, you know, what do you want to do when you're older? What do they say? Well, a, a lot of them, a large majority of them, say they I want to be YouTubers or game developers or you know um, uh, rappers or uh, musicians. Um, so, you know, if if I, I would I would say all the teachers listening, if you say what does your class want to do, a, a, a large majority will want to be YouTubers. Now, I, you know, <laughs> yeah. if we wanted to be astronauts when we were younger yeah it, it was a kind of case of well if you want to be an astronaut you're gonna to have to you know get a degree in this do this get those qualifications be super fit you know have 2020 vision all of those things so a lot of them obviously you know realize that it's becoming a quite a competitive field to become a youtuber and we never promised that we can inc you know make them go viral on youtube but along those lines of saying okay what what is it that makes a good youtuber and you can look at the skills that are involved mm, in taking it, yeah. i mean like for example you know what is it that makes a good radio host you know you you've had to prepare you've had to kind of get some information and put it down in an articulate way and that's what i i say to the young people you know you've got to be articulate and for some of the young people that we work with even those victories of giving them confidence to actually be proud of their work is actually a, a really important skill in itself um, i have to give a yeah. shout out actually because menim kkx has uh, text in saying it's not menim kkx it's actually phil as in phil teacher philly from twitter um teacher philly i know teacher philly for i've known him for a long long time we actually went to tanzania together in 2006 7 so we're getting old now, Phil. Well, you were already old when we did that, so God knows how old you are now. Um, you were much older than me at the time, but yeah, good to see you, mate. Uh, thanks for listening in. Um, and sorry for insulting you for your age, which might actually mm. be younger than I think. Um, mm. But yeah, I think, okay. So we talked about the, the this new, and, and one element, you mentioned 5G. What about VR? Because that's mm. been very much mm. in the focus of attention for the last six months. Where do you yeah. see VR fitting within the kind of future of schools? Yeah, I mean, well, VR, we, we use VR on the studio um, quite a lot, and it's definitely a massive hit. I mean, for those, for those of you who have not tried VR, uh, but you've, you've seen your you know, nephew or niece playing with it, whatever, just pop it on for a few seconds. And within that few seconds of, you know, uh, going into space, for example, is a really good mission, um, International Space Station. And um, it's quite informative because you've got little videos coming up explaining, you know, how an astronaut goes to the toilet or washes their hair in space or whatever. Um, but you've also got this feeling of weightlessness. If you go on the roller coaster ride within VR, you're sitting on your sofa, but a lot of people have to take the goggles off because they're starting to feel sick but they're not actually moving. So how powerful is that kind of immersive experience for anybody? And within a few moments, you have forgotten that, you know, the rest of the reality, you know, um, exists. And so uh, you were talking just then about going, um, going on holiday or going travels with Phil. Imagine being able to do that now in virtual reality and you both click into a virtual reality headset uh, you both appear as kind of your own designed avatars, mm. 
Mm. And then you can actually go back to Tanzania and you can visit the walk down the beach or whatever that you, you visited. Yeah. And with, you know, things changing in the world uh, and things being unpredictable, things like going away on holiday or traveling to a foreign country may not be something that people can experience as easy as, as they have in the past. And maybe they shouldn't uh, with carbon footprints and things like that. So, being able to give people experiences, a geography lesson, as you walk through Rome or you walk through a, a historical uh, re, um, a reproduction of a, of a battlefield or something, and you could see the actual battle take place. Mm. How incredible would that to bring history to life, you know, or stand on a volcano and watching it erupt it. So the virtual, the virtual world is going to be integral to, to young people's understanding of the world. Yeah, I mean, we that, could both, we, we, me and Phil could both go back and have malaria again and try well, and learn if, how if to that, treat ourselves for it. If, if, that's what you, if that's what you wanted to do, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we can uh, experience some, all the throwing up again and hospital yeah, treatment. So and, much fun. and, you know, 10, 15 years younger and musclier and more hair and all of that kind of thing. So, but... In, in lockdown, it was very interesting because the Witherslack schools stayed open. Um, but uh, obviously, mainstream schools um, closed uh, their doors and had to uh, do online learning. Well, how would that online learning have been if you could actually kind of see the young person, um, interact them in a, in a slightly less um, kind of, you know, two-dimensional way, but a three-dimensional way, and they could interact with you, and then you could bring up things you know so it might change how we even even look at school buildings and mm, you know mm. how we work as well you know working from home instead of you know will we be in a virtual office or a virtual classroom uh, yeah i mean i can't help i can't help thinking that ai and vr are gonna play a huge role in the next in, right. in this kind of next phase of educational development and you know there will be obviously some scoffing at that and there will be some apprehension about that, what that means and so on and so forth, but it's inevitable. It's just inevitable. Think, the power of the technology it makes it inevitable. Now absolutely. I've got a few more very interesting questions to ask you, Stuart, in a couple of minutes mm. about working for with a Slack group, which I'm sure many of the teachers listening to this either live or listening back will be thinking, blooming egg. I wouldn't mind working in the double decker bus with Stuart. So mm. we're going to ask you, a little bit about that and uh, how that goes. And, uh, and yeah, we'll be back in, in two minutes' time. Live from Liverpool. Wrong one. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Introducing Upland. Uplearn is an online curriculum learning resource for A-Levels that improves student outcomes whilst reducing teacher workloads. Teachers use Uplearn to facilitate independent learning and consolidation of classroom material. 
Over 150 schools have seen grade improvements with Upplearn, including St Paul's Girls School, Michaela Community School and ARC Schools. Book a demo at uplearn.co.uk and quote TTR for 10% off. That's Uplearn. U-P-L-E-A-R-N dot co dot U-K. Whatever learning looks like this year, bring lessons to life with Nearpod. An exciting new addition to the Renaissance family, Nearpod offers real-time insights into student understanding through interactive lessons and videos, gamification and activities, all in a single, easy-to-use platform. To help kickstart the new year, we're offering all primary and secondary schools in the UK and Ireland full free access to Nearpod for the whole spring term. So, no matter what 2022 brings, Nearpod makes switching between in-class and remote teaching simple. Visit www.renlearn.co.uk forward slash Nearpod and sign up for your free trial today. If you're listening to this, then we know we share one thing in common. A passion for the type of outstanding education that every child deserves. That's what makes us the leading provider of specialist education and care. We need people like you to help us achieve even more. With us, you'll be given all the resources and support you need, offered a clear path to career progression, and be rewarded with some of the best salaries and benefits the industry has to offer. We are Witherslack Group. If you'd like to find out more, we'd love to hear from you. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers and be part of our future. And welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio. It's the late show with me, Tom Rogers, and I've been with this evening my guest, Stuart Sutton. Uh, We've had a a far-ranging discussion, so if you have been listening back, thank you for listening back to this as a podcast. We've got Spencer joining us from Los Angeles, LALA, Good evening to you, uh, or evening. It probably isn't even evening there. God knows. Uh, we've had lots of comments about the VR stuff uh, from uh, Chris again. I believe VR is being used in some elements of surgery training. Holly, AQA are trying online smart exams, so it's closer than we think. So, yeah, lots more to talk about, really, with VR and online stuff. It's certainly something I hope that our hosts will be returning to soon. I may do a show uh, about uh, VR and, and how that's you know, some examples of how that's moving forward. Stuart, I wanted to end the show by, and it's been fantastic, by the way, but I wanted to end it by asking you about working for Witherslack Group. Uh, so, mm. in other words, how did you end up working with them and what's it like to work for Witherslack Group? Um, so, um, after I'd finished my PGCE, um, I I was um, doing a bit of supply teaching and with agency and... Um, Actually, I, I kind of worked in one of their schools up here in the northwest, and um, as a as a teaching assistant for about half a term. And um, while I was there, um, I was um, kind of using some of my skills to already make films in the classroom and 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 give the teachers I was working with, you know, some kind of inside knowledge on how you can make um, some decent educational films um, using, you know, kind of low budget equipment. And um, I really wanted to see if they could um, uh, get me involved in being a media teacher. But at that particular time, that particular school, that wasn't the case to be. Uh, And then fast forward, I don't know, a year and a half or so, um, I just saw an advert 
on a job um, job site saying, you know, media teacher wanted for new concept in education. And I thought, you know what, that sounds great. And I'm sure they're looking for somebody outside the box a bit, because as I said, most of my adult life, I've been living abroad and making travel and underwater documentaries. So um, I th thought this, this sounds great. So I applied for it. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, since since starting with them, so I've been working with them now for about two and a half years, two years. Yeah. Um, it, it's really been an interesting um, interesting journey because obviously I was employed to uh, run the the studio, and because of the last year and a half or so, uh, that didn't kind of get going, and then we had lots of restrictions that meant it couldn't go. So I was I was actually just driving around the schools in question offering uh, media lessons from equipment I had that could fit in my car and that went down really well already so it was a case of then uh, you know well wait until the bus came um, obviously um, some of the young people just thought oh you know he's absolutely full of it he keeps saying about this bus it's not going to come uh, but eventually it did um, with the slack they absolutely put the young people at the center of what they do um it would be really difficult for me to not have integrity um in in what i do and and the studio is a perfect example of that an idea was developed came from nothing and has gone all the way to actually you know providing that and i think um when i go around the different schools I all I see that they're well run. The support are well. The staff are well supported. Um, I think that there's a real kind of team spirit. We are, you know, sometimes dealing in difficult situations and circumstances. There's no bottom. Um, there's no bottom line to that. Um, it can be challenging, um, but there is support there, and you are really working on the kind of, uh, you know the cutting edge of, of what education could be look like because it's not necessarily about uh, being graded your qualifications um, you know it's not that's not proving that you're a good teacher a lot of it's um, to do with empathy and understanding and, and just helping young people in a different way that you you perhaps wouldn't have time to do uh, you know even though you'd want to in, in other situations the 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 partner on the on the studio martin he's been teaching uh, for 18 years in, in in mainstream schooling and i think i think he would be okay for me to say this that he'd become a bit disillusioned so being able to come on board and really involve yourself in what's passionate for the young people and then adapting yourself to that is a luxury because we have small class sizes and you know sometimes individual support um, but with us, like, do that really well because that's their job. That's what we do. So, it sounds fantastic. Yeah. And, and I have to say that actually there is perhaps a lack of knowledge about the kind of jobs that are available within the specialist sector for teachers. I, that's what I think. I think there is a lack of awareness and, and, and kind of understanding of the kind of roles that, that might be available. Do you want to talk us through maybe what, you know, because there must be quite a few jobs, not just yours, working in a double-decker bus on the regular but there must be other jobs within with a slack that are kind of outside the box a little bit i don't know whether 
you, know, you, you could give us a, a kind of summary of, of, of the job. You talked about the class sizes. I suppose what I'm asking is, how is it different to work at Witherslack Group? What are the kind of jobs that people might expect to see there from a teaching and learning perspective? Yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously, we, we're still teaching the curriculum. We're still teaching qualifications. So there are, um, you know, all the, all the subjects that you'd expect um, within, within a school, they're offered. But there's also a lot more emphasis put on things like forest school activities or uh, outdoor education um, and, and things like that. So that learning's taken outside of the classroom. Um, but, you know, we also have, a, a, you know, support and therapy. Uh, each school has their own therapy teams, which the studio, actually, we work surprisingly, um, although in hindsight it's not surprising, we work very closely with the therapy teams, um, providing not only um, kind of videos that act as a resource for other uh, schools to draw on, you know, during COVID, this worked really well at our mm. school, perhaps you should try it kind of thing, but also making connections between them and, 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 and the young people they help support. So um, I, life can be challenging. Days can be challenging. Uh, I think my job's unusual across the group. So it would probably be better to talk to somebody who has more of an understanding of the Witherslack group and, and the things for that aspect. Yeah. Yeah, for the different elements, yeah. But what I can say is that because you're given the time, the space, and the resources, at least you've got no excuses for not doing your job, you know? So I'm doing it for the best you can, um, and and that's, uh, I think that's a real privilege. And it'll probably be a good moment for me to say that very soon we're going to have a jobs board on the TTR website, and uh, you're going to be able to see some of the kind of top jobs in Witherslack Group uh, for teachers. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of different opportunities there uh, for teachers looking for jobs, so definitely check that out. That's going to be arriving very soon on the Teachers Talk Radio website. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a pleasure to to signpost teachers to to some of the, the jobs that are available with, with Witherslack. Um Stuart, it's been an absolute pleasure being able to talk to you this evening. Um, I've got a a huge amount out of it myself, and uh, I'm sure all the listeners have as well. I know we've had uh, a few messages in there, like um, uh, Sharon's texting saying, what an inspiration. Absolutely. Uh, Doing a fantastic job, and it's been been brilliant um, to speak to you. Uh, This will be available to download as a podcast about 10 minutes after we finish. Um, So... um, yeah, so everybody listening, do feel free to share it on if you think this is something that other teachers should should listen to or might benefit them. And uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll I'm sure I'll I'll speak to you again, Stuart. Um, and yeah, check back in welcome. sometime and yeah, tell us how absolutely. things are going in the double decker bus. Yeah, I would. I, it would be an absolute pleasure, um, Tom. And I, I just hope that uh, the the teachers out there listening, you know, just give media a go, make a film, do something, you know, kind of mm. put the green screen up, uh, transport yourself to, uh, you know, wherever you want. So in- yeah. enjoy. Brilliant. Cheers, Stuart. Thanks very much. Thank that, you very much. That was Stuart from With a Slack Group. Uh, and yeah, that's it from me really for tonight. This has been The Late Show on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, I'm going to be back. Oh, goodness me. I won't be on next Monday. Next Monday night, uh, Emily Fuller Roadshow is back uh, with the late show next Monday night on Teachers Talk Radio. Um, I'll probably be back on the 3rd of March, I think. Now we've got a special show 
uh, with Collins uh, on that date at 6pm on the 3rd of March. So I'll be back at that point uh, with the show. Uh, Until then, I will personally see you soon, but uh, keep listening out for more Teachers Talk radio shows. We've got about, I don't know, 15 more shows coming up for the rest of the week. So make sure you tune in starting tomorrow at 11am in the morning. Uh, with a debut show from Graham Stanley uh, tomorrow morning featuring Joe Dale. So that'll be one to to tune into if you're interested in ELT or technology. Uh, Thanks very much, everybody. And uh, thanks for tuning in to Teachers Talk Radio. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.